Whiplash happens when you are hit from behind or blindsided so hard your head jerks forward or backwards or sideways with an abrupt snap. It's a shock. It takes you a while to catch up with what happened and when you catch up it starts to hurt. There are lots of stories in the Hebrew scriptures, many of them in Genesis, that give you whiplash. Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, catapulted into a real and harsh world. Then Cain kills Abel, and we've been killing each other ever since. Things get so bad, the whole earth is wiped out in a flood. Everyone except Noah and his family and a lot of animals. And then the whole human race is scattered at a place called Babel. Abraham is sent in advanced age to a far country and his wife, Sarah, who is pushing well into her 90s, is told she is going to have a baby. And she laughs. Abraham and Sarah are told, Frederick Beekner says, they better start dipping into their old age pensions for cash to build a nursery. Whiplash. Abraham and Sarah's boy, Isaac, has a boy named Jacob. And the story of Jacob's life is one whiplash after another. He steals a blessing that belonged to his brother and then wrestles with an angel, or maybe with God. All night long he wrestles until he gets what he wants, and then walks away with a limp, a limp he has for the rest of his life. Jacob's boys are jealous of his favorite son Joseph, so they sell him into slavery in Egypt. And then later, in a severe case of whiplash, find themselves facing him in Egypt. He holds over them the power of life and death. Expecting the worst, they experience instead the whiplash of mercy and forgiveness. The whole story of the Exodus is the story of a whiplash, one after the other. A Hebrew baby condemned to die, grows up among his enemies, kills one of them and runs for his life to the desert where God shows up in a burning bush and sends him back to set his people free. Whiplashed by plague after plague, the Egyptians let them go, then chase the Hebrews to the Red Sea where the Egyptians themselves are drowned. Moses gets nothing but complaints from his people in the wilderness, then climbs a mountain, and when he comes back down, is whiplashed by the people who are worshiping idols. Israel's history is a story of a people turning away from God and getting hit from behind and blindsided by the prophets who call them back. Jonah gets whiplashed by a storm while heading for Tarshish. He gets thrown overboard, is swallowed by a fish, and ends up in Nineveh, the place he never wanted to go. 
Jonah doesn't know what hit him. Changing directions, turning around, brings whiplash. Repentance brings whiplash. And Job gets whiplashed by suffering. His life is blown sideways and he loses everything. His wife tells him to curse God and die. His friends tell him it's his fault. They tell him he should be glad to suffer. They tell him to shut up. Job is left to cry out to God from the depths of undeserved and unexpected suffering with no end in sight. Whiplash. And then we have our story today from Genesis 24, the story of Rebekah and Isaac. It reads like the story of an ancient blind date. Rebecca has no say in the matter. She walks down to a spring and Abraham's servant who has been sent on an errand to fetch a wife for Isaac sees her at the spring and asks her for a drink of water. She gives him a drink and he gives her a nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets weighing 10 gold shekels. That's a lot of gold and a lot of shekels. She accepts. She brings the servant and his camels home. And Abraham's servant explains his errand to Rebecca's mother, brother, and father. And then in verse 50, her father and brother shrug and say, the thing comes from God. We cannot say anything bad or good. Look, there's Rebecca. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. Just like that. Take her. She's yours. Rebecca agrees to go. What else could she do? And she is given to Isaac as his wife, sight unseen. And the story tells us Isaac loved her. Still, when I read this story, I recoil. It is startling to us. In this ancient patriarchal society, women are traded like cattle. Psalm 45 is strange to our ears. Hear, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your Lord, bow to him. She is then led to the king, followed by other girls. As I read this, I feel my neck snap a bit from the whiplash. No consent, just submission, an arrangement. It's strange to us. What good is there in all of this? Read on. Rebecca, it turns out, is more than Isaac's equal. Isaac may laugh, but Rebecca has the last laugh. Isaac will himself be whiplashed when he is old and nearly blind. He is tricked into giving his son Jacob the blessing due Esau. Rebecca gets her way. This is not a powerless woman. She is smart and creative, resourceful and deliberate. That Jacob gets the blessing 
and then in turn gives that blessing to his son Joseph to the resentment of Joseph's brothers is essential to the rest of the story. Rebecca was God's whiplash for Isaac. Through her, the story takes a necessary turn. Isaac is blindsided and Rebecca smiles. The Apostle Paul was whiplashed on the way to Damascus. He was determined to destroy this movement that followed the teachings of Jesus. But on the road, he was hit from above, he was hit from behind, he was hit from the blind side, and he would never be the same. Ananias, one of those who Paul had gone looking for, was told to go looking for Paul and not to fear him, but to bless him. The whiplash comes in two words, Brother Saul. And the kingdom Jesus preached was one whiplash after another. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are persecuted for doing what is right when everyone around you is doing what is wrong. Blessed are you when you work for peace, when all hell is breaking loose around you. Blessed are the last and the least. Blessed are those who love their enemies, who do good to those who spitefully use them. Jesus tells us, whiplash your enemies with God's mercy. Nelson Mandela tells a story. After I became president, I asked one day some members of my close protection to stroll with me into the city and have lunch at one of its restaurants. We sat down in one of the downtown restaurants and all of us asked for some sort of food. After a while, the waiter brought us what we had ordered and I noticed that there is someone sitting in front of my table waiting for food. I then told one of the soldiers, go and ask that person to join us with his food and eat with us. The soldier went and asked the man to do so. The man brought up his food and sat by my side as I asked and he began to eat. His hands were trembling constantly until everyone had finished their food and the man went. The soldier said to me, the man was apparently quite sick. His hands trembled as he ate. No, not at all, I said. This man was the guard of the prison where I was jailed. Often after the torture I was subjected to, I used to scream and ask for just a little bit of water. This very same man came over every time and urinated on my head. So I found him scared and trembling, expecting me to reciprocate now, at least in the same way, either by torturing him 
or imprisoning him as I am now the president of the state of South Africa. But this is not my character, nor is it part of my ethics. Whiplash. The cross of Christ is the greatest whiplash of all. In suffering, there is hope. Through death comes life. And hidden in the weakness of the cross is the strength of God. Want to be lifted up? Climb down. Want to be filled? Empty yourself. Want to keep your life? Give it away. No greater love, Jesus said, is there than this, that you give up your life for your friends. This pandemic hit us from the blind side. Didn't see it coming, and then it was too late. Didn't even have time to brace for the impact. Violence against people of color and racism has long been following us. It caught up with us and hit us from behind, and there is no denying it. Whiplash. Our Capitol Hill neighborhood has been turned upside down. More whiplash. And in the past week, our congregation has experienced the harsh and the very real economic realities of the pandemic. We've made some hard, painful decisions that affect people's lives. We can't deny it. We are reeling. We are tired. We are grieving. We feel helpless and frustrated. We can't even hug each other. Whiplash. We've been trying so hard to hold things together while everything is breaking apart around us. And we are carrying a very heavy burden. Into this comes Jesus. Come to me, all you who are exhausted and carrying heavy loads, he says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Today at the table, Jesus invites us to lay down our burdens, to let go of all that is crushing us, to release our grip on fear and anger and resentment, to open our hands to receive the mercy of God, which alone can heal us and set us free. The whiplash of the cross and the resurrection are yours. Amen.